Joined now here on the Kook Center Hour by uh, Washington State women's soccer head coach Steve Nugent. And uh, Steve, first of all, a, a big congratulations. You guys uh, must be riding high today. Describe for me that moment, what it felt like when, I mean, we already kind of knew that you were probably going to get that invite to the NCAA tournament, but what did it feel like when that moment came that you knew for sure? I was elated. I, I, it's such a mixture of emotions. Uh, I'm happy for our current players. Um, and then I start to think about uh, the players and the coaches that have come here in the past, and uh, and I'm just, you know, it's a lot of years doing this, so I'm, I'm always very humbled when uh, when you see your name up there on the board. Uh, I know how hard it is to get to this point in the season, uh, and and yes, we felt comfortable with our uh, our resume coming into it. But until you see your name on the board, it's it's not real. <laughs> and then it got up there, and to see the look on the faces of the players, and how excited they were mm -hmm. uh, about uh, about the opportunity to continue their season, uh, and then it really just sinks in when you look at their faces. I mean, they're used to this. This is the fourth year in a row for them. I mean, these seniors, this is this is all they know is going to the NCAA tournament. How do you think they feel knowing for, for all four years at Washington State, they've been in the postseason? You know, we talked about that after. It's, 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 it's a very unique situation because they're, they only know the NCAA tournament. They yeah. don't know any year without it. If you look at our, our, our group right now, every, every player on our team, uh, this is what they know. And it's... Um, it's a great, um, it's a great um, sort of um, uh, feather in our cap as a program. It, it says a lot about the standard that we keep around here. It says a lot about the players uh, and their commitment to the game. And uh, but we never want to get to a point to where it's just you know expected without hard work. Mm -hmm. And the players know that. And uh, we have a certain mentality and we have a certain personality here yep. in Pullman. And uh, we're never going to deviate from that. We're always going to be a hardworking group of people and uh, a very hard team to break down and beat. Well, speaking of always being a hard team to break down, this is you are in your first year at Washington State from UNC Greensboro. These seniors, not only are they on their fourth NCAA tournament, they're on their third head coach in four years. So for you in your first year, what was your biggest challenge with this team uh, in terms of was it kind of setting forth what you expected of them, kind of how you play the game of soccer, or was it something else entirely? What was kind of your biggest challenge going into your first year in Pullman? I think the biggest challenge wasn't something that the players presented to us. It was what we presented to ourselves when we took the job, and, and that was to get this team to trust us and, to, and, to, and to, for them to understand that, that we're here for the long haul. And we're here to – because that's really tough for them. They, they, three coaches in four years, and, you know, you're recruited by one coach, coached by them, but then he leaves, and you're recruited by one coach, never coached by him, a new coach comes, and then I come in. And, I mean, you've got so many different dynamics that play into that. And mm -hmm. The players needed to feel comfortable first. I think that was the biggest challenge for us. Soccer, soccer. You know, we, we defend one end, we attack the other. How you get to that point uh, really is about painting the picture for your players in, in practice, and we were able to do that. We were lucky enough to come here in the spring, which made a big difference for us because we were able to show them what that picture was, um, and then which made the fall uh, even easier. Mm -hmm. I, would, I wouldn't say that our season was easy. It's never <laughs> easy in the Pac-12. Yeah. But uh, and I would say the other part of it, too, that, really lends itself to success is the players. They, 
the leadership from the senior class, uh, how everybody just bought in and, and worked really, really hard. Well, everybody did have to work hard because uh, you lost the Pac-12 Player of the Year, Michaela Castain, uh, to graduation. 11 goals, 11 assists for this team last season. Uh, I know you weren't the coach last season, but how hard was that to replace the production of a player as dominant as Michaela? Mm-hmm. It's not like you, you lose one and then you pick somebody off the bench and say, okay, you go be Michaela. Um, yeah. It's not easy. Uh, uh, I'd bottle that up and sell it. We'll probably not be coaching. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say the one thing that was super important for us was that the players understood and learned from the, the great season that they had last year. Mm-hmm. That they did have a Pac-12 Player of the Year, and that's possible. That they did play second in the Pac-12, and that's possible. That they did host an NCAA tournament game, and that's possible. There were so many different things that Kadani and his staff and the players did last year that were first for the program yep. that we want to make sure are consistent things that happen day in and day out here. Um, and so what we did you know, with, with Michaela and how we were going to score goals, we knew we were going to do it by committee. We knew we didn't have a 12-14 goal scorer on our team, mm-hmm. but we knew we could get production from a lot of different people. And the way we play, we score different ways. We score off the set pieces. Yep. We score in the run of play. Um, so as long as we did that and everybody bought into it, that at any moment your name could be called to score and mm-hmm. you got to be ready, uh, that we would be that we would have a good year. Uh, and then the other thing is three out of four players on your back line. I think that was the biggest hole we had to fill. You know, yeah. You don't just change three players out of four in your back line with the amount of experience they had, and the, you know they played almost thirty Pac-12 games together as a group. Uh, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and that back four that we have right now, they need to be commended for the work that they put in. I mean, we've given up all the third fewest goals in the entire conference. Well, that's a pretty good back four. And actually, I want to get to another person who's back there, uh, Gervin Claire, in a little bit. First, though. Uh, Steve Nugent, head coach, WSU women's soccer team, joining us here on the Cook Center Hour. And uh, Steve, I, I looked at the schedule before the season, and I saw on there that this team, if I'm doing my math correctly, went almost 35-some-odd days without a home game. Now, one of those games was over in Moscow to play Idaho. Still technically not a home game. What was it like for them mentally and for the coaches to go through that month, month-plus of time, without being able to play at the lower soccer field. I believe it was something like August 28th through October, early in October, that you guys didn't play a home game, right? Yeah, it was actually August 31st to the 10th of October. Yeah. It was 40 days. Jeez. Uh, and I'll tell you that it was tough. It was not easy, but that's our players. They grinded it out. And they, made, they, they made the best of it. And it wasn't easy to go on the road for that. We weren't on the road, obviously, for 40 days, but we mm-hmm. didn't have a game at home, and... We didn't have our fans uh, you know, here in, in Pullman behind us. We have great representation on the road, I'll tell you that. The Cougar <laughs> fans travel extremely if, well. If there's I mean, one thing, if there's Cal, one, we yeah. Beat Cal, we beat Cal on the Friday. I think we had outnumbered the fans two to one <laughs> at that game. And so um, they made it as easy as they possibly could from a fan base perspective. But listen, at the end of the day, if you want to be – able to go deep into the NCAA tournament, if you're not a one or two seed, you got to win on the road. 
Mm-hmm. You got to know how to win on the road. You got to know how to grind it out and get through 90 minutes of a tough game on the road. Yep. So um, I, I feel like you know I feel like it did us uh, it did us a favor, quite frankly. You got into the rigors of the Pac-12 kind of at the back end of that big, long road trip. And then, again, you came home on October 10th, were able to play at home a little bit more. Getting through the Pac-12 is really hard. Nine of the schools in this conference got into this NCAA tournament. Give me an idea for folks who may not know just how hard it is. You really do kind of have to slog your way through this conference because it is just an absolute – you're running the absolute gamut trying to get through this conference schedule, aren't you? in the country uh, certainly this year um, the winning percentage uh, of the teams in the non-conference the high level of opponent that everybody played in the non-conference and then of course playing each other day in and day out this conference prepares you for the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. this conference gives you an NCAA tournament game every time you step on the field that's the environment we played in for 11 straight games yep. and that's why for us going into the NCAA tournament we're ready we're ready for whatever teams. I mean, any team that comes at us, we're ready because we played the best. We played against the best forwards. We've tried to break down the best defenses in the country. We've seen it. We worked on it every day. So um, that's a huge advantage, in my opinion, playing in the mm-hmm. basketball. Now, you last three games you played UCLA, who I believe finished the year second ranked to Stanford. I, they're one two in there, and then lost a heartbreaker in the last minute to USC. How important was it for your team to come back out and tie the University of Washington on Friday, a team they now haven't lost to in 11 years, their rival? How big was that just kind of mentally for them to come out, get that penalty kick late in the game, tie the game, and then go through overtime and uh, able to kind of keep away the UW attack a little bit? How big was that for them mentally to tie that game and uh, go into the postseason with a draw against their biggest rival? And we don't look back, mm-hmm. and we don't look too far forward. Uh, we really live in the moment. We do our best to live in the moment. So the most important thing we're worried about right now is today. And tomorrow it'll be about practice. Um, so, if, But if you look at what we did, we played really good soccer and lost. You yeah. can do that in this game. You can play really well and lose. It's not We're not unlucky. We just lost. We lost a really good team against... Uh, Against UCLA, against mm-hmm. USC, we were the better team, and and the USC coaches would agree. I mean, we we statistically were the, the better team. Uh, we had multiple chances to win that game in regulation, and then we made an uncharacteristic mistake late in the game. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'll take that because you need to have those type of games sometimes to to prepare you for what we're ahead, what what's, what's ahead right now. And then you take the UW game. And to answer your question, I mean, that's another game that we were very dominant in. Yep. Our play was very dominant. That goal that they scored was against the run of play. They had not had a shot or a shot on goal or any activity in front of our goal up to the moment of that goal. Mm-hmm. And so what we needed to do was regroup and say, okay, guys, you know, this isn't this isn't how it's going to end for us. We're not going into the NCAA tournament with a loss. So we'll, let's, let's figure out how we're going to get this goal back. We got it back. But the moment, from the moment of that goal until the end of the game, until the, the end of the second overtime, we were by far the better team. Mm-hmm. By far the better team in possession. By far the better team in creating quality chances. 
Um, and we were unfortunate not to get a game winner, in my opinion. Very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But the players know that. They know that. They've seen it on video. Uh, they know what they know what good soccer looks like. Uh, and we feel really good about where we are. Now, as a former goalie myself, I played 13 years, mostly of rec soccer, but I was I was okay at it. Uh, not 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 terribly great. Uh, Gervin Clare has just been an absolute brick wall for this team for most of her career at WSU. How important is she to what you guys do on a day to day basis? Just knowing that there is someone between those pipes who it's going to take something special to get a ball by her. Well, you just said it right there. It doesn't need any more than that. Yeah. You know, I've told this to everybody who listened to me. Okay. So I'll ask you to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bottom line is, is, is this. You know, Gervie and Claire is the best at what she does. I've been around goalkeepers for a long time, 25 years now. She's the best goalkeeper I have ever coached and ever been around. Wow. She is a, she is a game-saving type goalkeeper. She can make at least three to four saves a game, which will win you the game. But she has done single-handedly this year. You know... Here's what I'll tell you. You remember a few years ago in the NCAA tournament for women's basketball, they used to ask Gino Oriema when he had undefeated teams and they would just beat everybody badly. Mm-hmm. And he would get up there in front of the press and they would say, Gino, what, what's the secret? What's, what, what, are you, I mean, what, what are you doing? You know, what offense are you running? What are you doing? He goes, listen, guys, at the end of the day, we have Diana Tarazi and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yep, okay, that is so exactly have, what he'd say. We have Gervin Claire, and you don't. That is a good point. So we have a chance to win every single game we play. Man, as, a, as an ex-goalie, that just makes me feel all good inside. That makes me feel all warm. I, I love that. Uh, looking ahead to Seattle, uh, the Red Hawks coming in, had a very nice year in the Western Athletic Conference. Uh, WSU's had historic success against them. Have you had a chance to look uh, at Seattle U just yet, or is that something you're uh, waiting on to do tomorrow? Well, I can tell you our assistant coaches right now are in the other room. They've been watching videos since the selection show ended. Um, so they're, they're, they're on it. It's a mm-hmm. team we know really well. It's a team we played in the, uh, in the preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I have followed them the entire year. Um, I always, you know, we, John and I and Sandy, after we played them in the preseason, we said, you know what, we need to pay attention to this team because there might come a time when we have to play them again. Yep. And uh, they had a fantastic year. I mean, they score a ton of goals, mm-hmm. a ton of goals. I mean, they, I think they put a six spot up, you know, two, three, or four times this year. They put Jeez. an 11 spot up on somebody. 11? Uh, they put four goals up on somebody. Wow. I, I mean, I remember watching it going, oh, my God. These, these cats are good, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they are. They really are. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they know how to score goals. And, they, and then of course, they just went through the whole um, uh, whack tournament. They ran through it. They won the final 5 nothing uh, wow. versus, uh, versus UM, UMKC. So that being said, I mean, we're fully aware of what we're in store for when they come here. They've got fantastic uh, players. I mean, Julia Morovic is, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Verdoa is very unbelievable. Natasha Howe, I think, is one of the best midfielders around. Um, they, they, they've got players. They've mm-hmm. got really good players. And then Julie is uh, is great at what she does. She's a fantastic coach and, and organizes her team very well. Um, 
We've got our hands full when Seattle comes to town on Friday. Yeah, eleven nothing win on October twenty sixth over Chicago State at home. That yes. is just that's nuts. Yes. Uh, talking with head coach Steve Nugent of the WSU women's soccer team, their NCAA tournament game against the Seattle Redhawks coming up this Friday at the lower soccer field, five o'clock. If you are in town, please, oh, please be there or be square. Speaking of Pullman, uh, it's going to be a touch on the cold side this Friday. I think a forecasted high of about 29 degrees. Is there anything different you guys do when the weather forecast calls for weather like that, and in fact, I think it could snow on Thursday as well, so we might be looking at uh, maybe a little, well, I would assume they would clear the pitch off first, but very, very cold conditions. Is there anything different you guys do for that? There's, there's really nothing you can do. Um, as a matter of fact, our players revel in the idea that we're <laughs> going to be home and we're going to be playing under some tough conditions. We love it. Um, it you know, there's... It's it's pretty equal for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be cold for both teams. They're Seattle kids. If you look at their roster up and down, these are Northwest kids, and they get it when it comes to the weather at this time of the year. You know, you can throw all that out when it comes when the whistle blows and it's time to play. You can kind of throw all that stuff out because yep. the adrenaline's pumping and you're you know what you're playing for. Uh, mm-hmm. You're playing for your season to continue every time you step on the field, and I know our team will give their best because uh, that's all we've asked of them every day. They step on the field and practice it in games, um, and we can be we can be super proud of of the performance uh, that they put in. Um, I think uh, I think too much is made of uh, of bad weather and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, our jobs are our, our job is really simple. Um, we gotta. We we got to create the best possible conditions for our kids to be successful. Um, you know, I, and at that point in time, you got to let the outcome take care of itself. You really do. Yep. Uh, so, and and we've got that here. We've got a great environment here. We've got great support. We've got a great fan base. So our kids, when they step on the pitch to play on Friday, they can do it with a clear head because everything is is ready. For, to go we're all ready to go and they're they're being taken care of at a, at a really high level so that their mind can be clear when the game starts we're gonna wrap up our interview with i always like to end kind of with not a, not a really personal question we're not going to delve deep into you know what kind of dates you like whether it's long walks on the beach or whatnot but i know you <laughs> i know you've spent pro, uh, the better part of two decades in florida georgia i think a year in texas or or, or two at rice right and then uh, also at unc greensboro are you ready for a Pullman winter coach? I mean, it gets, I mean, 29 degrees for a high, that's nothing. I mean, are you ready? Are you and your family ready for some bitterly cold temperatures this winter? Well, let me tell you two things. Number one, I grew up in Boston. That is okay, true. You did so do that, yep. There's, not, there's nothing that Pullman has that I haven't felt before. <laughs> like kids, that's a different story, okay? Yeah. Uh, they're all, always whining. I took them to the, to the, uh, uh, to the football game two weeks ago here, and it was raining, and it was cold, and it was windy, and they were crying the entire time. I want to go home. I'm like, guys, you better get used to this. Yeah. This is where we live. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you that, uh, real quick story, we got here, Sandy and I and John got here that first week of February when I, when I accepted the job. Mm-hmm. We all flew in together. And the first four days we were here, every morning we got out of the rental car to come into the building. It was zero degrees <laughs> on the thermometer. So I'm ready for 29. We had zero. 
I had a bunch of zero days when I was here, first got the job. Um, oh, man. And I remember Ann McCoy coming to my office like the second day going, Steve, it's not always this cold. It's just really cold today. Like, we're record-breaking cold right now. It's not always this cold. And it was okay. I tell you what, it was, it was, it was a bearable zero. Oh, a bearable zero. It was a, it was a calm, a balmy 27. So, oh. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to go. It was zero degrees when he got here, and he still took the job. I am amazed by that. Steve Nugent, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Go Kooks, Steve. All right, coming up next, Brian Anderson going to be here. Going to break down Luke Falk a little bit right here on the Kook Center Hour.